Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. Welcome in, everybody. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM live from Las Vegas. A lot to get to. It might be July 7th, but there is NFL news every single day. We're here to bring it to you for the next two hours from our Circus Sportsbook studio. He is the former NFL wide receiver. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. Great to be back with you, Pritch. I know. Man, I miss these shows. Together. They had to dust off that opening right there, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. Appreciate that. Dust uh, it off. Let's appreciate go. Appreciate that. Great to be with you. Great to be here on Lombardi Line. Uh, a lot to discuss, really, here yeah. on Friday as we are approaching, see, it happens to me every year, even though I, you know, I'm used to it, right? You're yeah. gearing up for the season or whatever as a player, but we are under a month before we have a first preseason game. Four weeks to the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> I know, it's Let's crazy. Go. It's crazy to think about. So hopefully you got all your systems and you got all your bets uh, in order in line and you're getting ready for the contest as well. But uh, it's going to be here before you know it. It absolutely will be. That's why I'm glad we're here today. We haven't mm -hmm. been together on the air for a while, so it's good to go through a, some of the latest news and notes you need to know about, as well as some of the the overall betting talk we will get into, talk about some teams that I am very interested in. Uh, okay. uh, we'll, we'll start at least in our next segment with the L.A. Chargers. We'll have uh, Fernando Ramirez, who covers the Chargers for the Sporting Tribune, to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll also check in with the behind-the-counter perspective. Vinny Maliulo will join us from over at our sister sportsbook studio, the South Point here in Las Vegas. So Vinny, uh, one of the odds makers there with Chris Andrews and Jimmy Vaccaro, He'll join us at the top of our next hour at 1 o'clock on the East Coast. As of right now, though, Pritch, we have a couple of interesting mm -hmm. free agents still out there. And last time you and I talked on the air, we probably assumed that for DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver and for Dalvin Cook as running backs, they'd have everything sorted out by now, July 7th. But they haven't. Did you see DeAndre Hopkins the other day posting on threads? Yes. Maybe the first athlete to post a right. thread on threads, so to speak. <laughs> I have a thread. But DeAndre... <laughs> Thinks he can play till he's 37 and keep racking up a thousand yard seasons. Yeah. He still is without a team. There have been a couple of teams rumored to be in the mix. Salary cap issues, though, for what he is asking, a, a year 15 million, has been the big holdup. Patriots are the favorite right now at minus 120. What do you make of that? To play to 37 when there have been all sorts of reports that he is not a, a guy in the locker room that has been. Uh, at least, you know, getting along the best with his teammates. So to speak. Yeah, well, think about where he's been. I mean, Houston and Arizona, who would you get along with in those locker rooms? I mean, over the years, he had he had he had some fun in Houston when, you know, Deshaun Watson, they had it going. 
Um, but no, it, it's been turbulent in terms of, um, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, and being thought of as that difference maker to help your team get to a Super Bowl. Now, he's a hell of a player. He has been. Uh, I think what he's doing now on threads and creating a thread is, is uh, he's trying to create a market. And the market has dried up for him, really. Uh, I think he's trying to uh, project to general managers, coaches, that he is a viable option, that you know he is not a one-year wonder left or he's got a couple years left. I mean, he cer certainly is trying to project that he has a career still. You know, he wants to play until he's 37. That means he's going to take care of his body. That means he's going to do the right things. That means he's feeling pretty good, which he probably is. I mean, everybody is mm -hmm. uh, at this point. But when you turn on the tape, and you watch him play, he's not the same player. Uh, and that's what he's fighting against, you know. And also he's fighting against that perception uh, of being, you know, popped for PEDs, all right? Uh, and so, you know, what, what team wants to invest in this guy and bring him into a locker room, especially if your locker room is cohesive uh, and that locker room is focused on the championship? And DeAndre Hopkins has not been focused like that his entire career. I'm glad you used the word perception because I, I feel like there is a power of perception mm -hmm. with, with so many players that you were in, you were in the league. You know right. what that's like as you get oh, older. Yeah. And, you know, for, for Hopkins, it's been a PED suspension mm -hmm. and injury. You, you dealt with major injury. What is that like when you're back nine of your career? You, you really feel deep down like you can still play, but, I mean, there's data that shows, okay, you've been injured. You are past your prime. How, like, how do you overcome that if you're a player? Yeah, you know, for me, it was the meniscus, right? And, and so I'm bone on bone. And my, my career, I knew it was over. I just did what I needed to do because I got a new contract. Um, I knew that we had a playoff caliber team and we had a Super Bowl winning head coach. And I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, so I did whatever was necessary to be on the field to help the team. And uh, we were able to win a division and, and get to the playoffs. But, you know, for D-Hop, I think if you don't have that significant injury that's just going to limit your career and or just knock it off, you know, end it immediately, uh, then you, you certainly want to play as long as you can. And everybody wants to do that, Ben. Everybody wants to play this game as long as you can because you're putting on cleats for a living. That's what, that's what you're doing. And, and you're running around and playing a game. So uh, and, and making great money, too. But I, I think for D-Hop, he really has to think about legacy. He really has to think about this Hall of Fame uh, and I, I get it. The money is always going to be attractive for you. Mm -hmm. But if you can get into a situation where you, you can take less money, but get with a Hall of Fame quarterback or, or certainly a stable quarterback, a stable situation in which you can compete for a championship, that will help your legacy more so uh, than chasing the loot at this point. And that's why the report from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is so interesting to me because he said, look, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have been very much in the mix. They're a team more of a long shot, at least in the betting market, to land mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins at 14 to 1. But the big hang-up, and it's why the odds are so long, is because of cap space. Chiefs have the least in the league right now, about 400000 Hopkins has been rumored to ask for about a year, 15 mil or so. Right. There's some thought that the Chiefs put, could potentially extend Chris Jones. They could backlog some of that salary cap and free up some space. But the latest reporting is that that is likely not to happen until later in the summer. Mm -hmm. You almost wonder, though, I mean, how realistic is that actually? And is that just one of those classic middle of July pipe dreams that we get all excited talking about because yeah. I, don't, I don't see how realistic that really is despite the reporting. It's not realistic. I mean, remember when Odell Beckham Jr. was out there and then he floated around? Now he was coming off injury and all that, and then all of a sudden he lands with the Rams uh, in the middle of the year, and then, okay, they go on and win the Super Bowl, right? And uh, I think about Andre Risen, another player that later on in his career kind of landed up with Green Bay, your, your Packers, and uh, as he floated around to several teams, I mean um, – I don't think D-Hop is like Jerry Rice with the Raiders. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, and Jerry was 40. Uh, I don't think D-Hop is um, 
uh, is that player that changes that legendary type of player, Hall of Fame, on the verge of a Hall of Fame uh, career, uh, and then all of a sudden he's going to just help this team for several years. So, you know, it it seems like he's a one-off and an outlier yeah. situation. So uh, it's got to be a unique fit. I think you mentioned salary cap. That has to happen. But I can tell you right now, as coaches are getting ready for training camp, they're thinking about that locker room and they're thinking about zero disruption uh, in that locker room and who's going to be the best fit at this point. And you're the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Do you, yeah. Is that really the fit you are looking for? I, I have a little trivia for you because the actual okay. post, if you looked at the threads, I don't have a threads yet. I don't know if you do. I'm, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, I don't. Anti, I'm not ready to go there yet. Okay. But uh, Diop said, I'll retire from football when I'm not a thousand yard receiver. I was on pace for 1,400 yards last year, one significant injury in 11 years. I might be playing till I'm 37, the way I feel. <laughs> Technically, he was on pace for 1,300 something, but we'll, we'll let him round up. Right. For, we're always it's, on it's pace. It's threads. For... It's new. We're always on pace <laughs> we're for always the bigger on pace things. for 1,400 uh, yards. Do you know what the league record is? <laughs> You've already said his name actually on the show. League record for most thousand plus yard receiving seasons in a player's age 31 season or later. So in mm-hmm. your 30s, the most thousand yard plus season starting at yeah, 31 or it's later. It's got to be Jerry, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. The better, the better question, he had seven. That is mm-hmm. your record. Only three other players have hit that mark five times. So okay. Jerry did it seven in right. his 30s. Wow. Three other players. Three other players. Let's one see. guy, all he did was, he only did one thing, and that was catch touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I know, that's a good hint. That that's is a really good, good hint. That is a good hint. Oh, you, you know that. NFL primetime. Come right, on, right. Pritch. It's early, Ben. Man, are you giving me these references? That's a, it's that's a lunchtime that's on a, the East Coast. <laughs> that's a Berman one, right? All he does is catch touchdowns. How how am I forgetting Chris this? Carter? Chris Carter. Oh, Sorry, man. I don't. I didn't mean to do it right no, away. No, I knew it. I knew it. I just got to get the, the mind. Sharp. I knew it. Uh, yep. Jimmy Smith, Tim Brown. Jimmy Smith. I, that's, he's a sneaky one. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy right? Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Sneaky. Great. Uh, Tim great Brown. Player. I mean, obviously Tim Brown, um, because he was the only option for a long time. Yeah. Right. Would, yeah. I mean, you would have got that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Warren Warren Moon told me a great story about Chris uh, Carter, uh, and like his hands are like like a catcher's mitt. Seriously, he has the largest hands. Uh, on earth, I think. Uh, so all he does is catch touchdowns. You're right. But uh, phenomenal, phenomenal player. Uh, I saw him early in my career make this one-handed catch <clears throat> over Bobby Butler, and I was just like, good Lord. Yeah. You know, you know how, like, now um, when you watch NFL highlights, you see everybody, they do the one-handed catch, yeah. the toe drag. I, yeah. As a kid in the, in the 90s, Chris Carter was the oh. first receiver who you would watch. It was really the first guys I remember doing that consistently mm-hmm. were Chris Carter and Sterling Sharp were the first Sterling, receivers yep. who kind of revolutionized that position with how right. they could make catches in tight windows. Mm-hmm. Sterling Sharp and Chris Carter. Those, those are my two, but Chris Carter won on, on that list. Yeah, that Four I, guys yep. ever with five or more thousand-plus yard receiving seasons from age 31 and older. Chris Carter's former team, Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. they are now without running back Dalvin Cook. That's the other name I find interesting because there was another report, same ESPN reporter, Jeremy Fowler, saying that the New York Jets are now in the mix, quote-unquote, for the former Minnesota Vikings running back. Uh, they are pretty much a, a co-favorite now with the Dolphins and Patriots. All those teams are 2-1. to one. It's a complete coin flip if you want to bet on that. I look at Dalvin Cook as a running back, though, and you look at the advanced numbers, he lost almost 200 yards, rush yards over expectation. He was in the negative. He was the mm-hmm. worst running back in the league among all <laughs> qualifiers. I understand he brings a veteran presence, good locker room guy, but... As far as productivity, Pritch, what are you really paying for at this point in Dalvin Cook's career? Well, wanting to sign him? well you're trying to buy time until Brees Hall is ready. I mean, Brees Hall is going to be the guy up there. And so can Dalvin Cook uh, humble himself into that kind of a role? Now, he's getting paid right now still from a contract. And uh, I think what the Jets are projecting, and here we go with that word again, uh, for betters is that they're all in. You know, they're, of course they're all in with Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, you have to be all mm-hmm. in. And what, how much time do you have with this guy? Uh, so how can we 
build depth? How can we have reliability? How can we have true production when we're still waiting on, you know, Reese Hall to come back from that injury, you know, uh, behind him, you would think Dalvin Cook's better, even without the negative yards that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But um, he, he's still at 27. I, I think he's still a highly productive player. Uh, and, and he can come out the backfield and catch the ball and be an option. He's familiar with uh, with A.A. Ron, too. So uh, it, that's the fit that I was talking about earlier. Sure. I mean, I, I think at this time when coaches and, and teams are looking to start training camp, they're looking for who's the best fit. Granted, I always look at these situations, especially running back and go, you know, who was a, a running back the last time Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl? It was a undrafted rookie free agent named James Starks, who they just mm. found out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You can find these guys diamonds in the rough all, all the time. Why pay the premium for a guy who clearly lost a step last year, who, who couldn't get out of the way of his own offensive line in Dalvin Cook? That's right. Coming from a Packer fan. I'm just, I'm just making the point. There are running backs galore out there. You okay. just got to look deep. You can Dalvin's find them. legit, though. He's lost a step. We can, we can both. Yeah, that's that. true. He's lost a step. All right, when we return, we'll talk some Chargers football. Fernando Ramirez joins us next on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back on the Lombardi line, speaking of those Pro, uh, pro picks. I was just mm -hmm. on Sharp Money with the Mall Shaw last mm -hmm. two days. A lot of Wimbledon bets for Mike okay. Rich. We, we've had we've had a lot of fun. We're six and two last two days. Nice. Got. A, I, I love being in studio right now because we've got a, a bank of four TVs with all different matches mm -hmm. on. So yep, yep. 
Mike is walking in this morning going, well, what, what's you're going in, on? You're in heaven right now. You're in cloud nine, I am. as Stormy likes to say, That's because great. of uh, all these TVs with tennis. I woke up on my own at like 5.55 a.m. this morning. Good for like, you. Let's go. <laughs> Good for Slept you. some tennis. There we go. And also, I was excited this morning because I know we get to talk to our guy, Fernando. Uh, Fernando Ramirez joins us from San Diego, longtime coverer of the now L.A. Charge, also the San Diego Padres. But it's great to see you, Fernando, covering things for the Sporting Tribune. Uh, here we are, July the 7th. Uh, we were just talking about some 90s NFL in our last segment uh, because we were in that slow time of NFL and, and doing some trivia here for Pritch. Can you tell us, uh, fill us in on your, on your Deion Sanders story because you have a very good one to share. I appreciate you guys for having me on again. And, hey, you have to admit, also being in studio is great because the air conditioning's on and you that don't have too. to be out there in the heat. So <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's another another plus. But uh, but I was at uh, the Super Bowl in Miami right before the pandemic happened. And uh, we're interviewing different NFL uh, network people. And uh, I see Deion Sanders and I ask him about the ma what matchup intrigued him about the Chiefs and the 49ers. And he looks at me and he goes, man, you have awesome hair. And I, everybody just starts <laughs> laughing and I look at him and I'm like, oh, wow. Like one of the great, the greatest athlete of all time in the NFL is complimenting me on my hair. He's like, you have a great set of hair, man. He's like, your genetics are off the chain. And I start laughing. I'm like, well, I have to thank mom and dad for that. He's like, no, 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 you're, yeah, you really do. So that was uh, definitely one of the, one of the best stories that uh, I have. Cause I mean, to get one of the greatest uh, compliment your hair, that's a that's a great day. That's a win in my book. Uh, absolutely, that is win because <laughs> you know the hair is pristine today for right, you, so I had right, to bring it, it up, and also yeah. because you know Mike Pritchard, he, he, him and Primetime go way back. So yeah, I, for really now, I was that. I was about to say. I mean, little did you know, Dion used to have a hair salon in in Atlanta. Him and da Jamie oh, wow. Dukes. Yeah, so he knows a thing or two uh, about the do making sure it's whipped up uh, and making yeah. sure it's looking good. And so obviously he had to compliment you on. Did he answer your question though? <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, yeah. In the video, you can see. Yeah, you know what's funny? I didn't even know I was recording. I guess accidentally, like all nervous, I pressed record and I saw I had the video. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have to great. upload that. But yeah, he. Uh, I think he said the the receivers against the cornerbacks of the 49, the Chiefs receivers against the cornerbacks of the 49ers was going to be the interesting matchup. And yeah, it was. Uh, that's what kind of decided the sure Super Bowl. Enough. But yeah. uh, yep. Dion was was definitely awesome. Uh, so I was. I was definitely taken back when he when he complimented my hair. <laughs> From there, your career's taken off. Here we are now, three, three, three years later. Follow him at Real F. Ramirez, by the way. So we're talking some Chargers here, getting into the start of the season. I am fascinated to see how this offense looks now with Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator after we can all admit Joe Lombardi's scheme, his design was unimaginative, extremely predictable. What have you heard just early reports from OTA's minicamp about what this offense will actually look like now that it's more calling the shots? Well, you know, when you're in the backyard and you're playing with your friends, you go, go long, go long, go long. That's what it kind of feels like it's going to be. And you, and you talk to like <clears throat> when you talk to Kalen Moore, you're going to hear some things. But then when you talk to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they talk about vertical going down the field. Now you have Quentin Johnson. <clears throat> you have other pieces that are definitely going to help you be able to go down the field. So it sounds like that's what they want to do. But obviously they want to mix in some things that uh, the Chargers do well. And that's what uh, that's what Justin Herbert was talking about. They still want to run the football with Austin Eckler, but it seems like it's going to be more vertical down the field kind of stuff, take more shots. So that's why I've been saying I think <laughs> Austin Eckler's uh, numbers are going to go down a little bit, mm -hmm. and yeah. Justin Herbert's are going to increase because that's what it feels like. It feels like this is death. This is a year where Justin Herbert could be in the MVP conversation. His numbers might shoot up, especially uh, touchdowns. He had 25 last year. It could double this year. 
especially because of what Kellen Moore is going to bring. I mean, <clears throat> you look at all the Cowboys stats, they were always top in the league and, and uh, in almost every single offensive category. And it just feels like this Chargers team has better receivers. Um, I'm not going to take a shot at Dak Prescott, but uh, it, Justin Herbert is, in my opinion, a better quarterback. So it just feels like this offense is destined for great things uh, in 2023. Now, can they stay healthy? Can Keenan Allen and Mike Williams stay healthy? The offensive line is better. So it, it feels like they should have a better year this year. You know, Fernando, I mean, we'll, we'll start because uh, there's there's a lot to cover what, what you just said with the with the Chargers and, uh, you know, my history as a player in this league and then, you know, covering it uh, and then the Chargers. It's always it's never been about the roster. They've always had outstanding players. It's been about the structure and then certainly the message from the top. Uh, and so you got Justin Herbert. I wouldn't say he's in a contract situation, but they know he's a guy like why not sign him a la Patrick Mahomes and then take care of that situation not mess with it in a contract situation year in and year out moving forward now. Uh, and then also solidify the roster because I, I think there's been turnover a little bit. There's been some age uh, elements to this roster that might have some betters in question. Uh, so my question to you is about the structure uh, of this organization. I mean, is it a strong structure today? Do they have a strong message uh, from the top in, in terms in, of influencing uh, this, this outstanding roster that they have? I, to answer your first question, I think they do. It's just, I don't know if they're, I don't know if it's like kind of playing chicken with and seeing what the Cincinnati, like I feel like the Bengals and the Charger are kind of looking to see what the other one's going to do. Because ultimately we all know Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to sign extensions. And then I think Patrick Mahomes is waiting, or the Chiefs are waiting to sign Patrick Mahomes to his contract extension. And then the market kind of gets reset by that. But it, it just feels like the Chargers should get something done. Tom Telesco, typically with his big, stars he gets them signed before training camp or during training camp that's when i expect them to kind of get with justin and, and uh solidify the contract joey bosa a couple of years ago signed his extension right five minutes before uh training camp uh they had to get to the team hotel so i do believe that they know exactly what they're doing tom telesco's talked about them wanting to get that contract extension done and uh, that he has a blue book that has how they were able to manage peyton manning's contract extension Back when he was with the Colts, uh, under um, under uh, under the Colts general manager at the time, and and uh, and what the Bill Pullian and what yeah. they did there, so I think they get it done before training camp or during training camp. That's typically a Tom Telesco uh, train of thought. And then when it comes to the structure, I think they do. They know that <laughs> Justin's their big weapon on offense. Um, Derwin's their big weapon on defense. It's just. It's going to be interesting because uh, they do have some contracts that are up next season. They're going to have over $60 million between Mike and Keenan and then $60 million between Joey and Khalil Mack. So it just feels like two out of the four won't be here next year mm. just because unless they sign them to extensions, but it's just a lot of money that they backtracked and, and uh, said also that this year they could have money to make some free agency moves and, and some extensions. So I think they, they are, top heavy in a sense they do have some good pieces but i think they need to add depth is kind of where you're kind of wondering if they have depth at certain spots like tight end safety behind derwin james other places that there are some questions still about this roster but i think every roster has those question marks just can you overcome it and i feel like this team should be good enough to overcome uh some of the deficiencies that they have 
Again, we're talking L.A. Chargers right now on the Lombardi line with Fernando Ramirez from the supporting Tribune, a 10-win team last year, 9.5 win total this season, evenly juiced, minus 110 each side. Well, you talk about a position, especially on a Charger team with such an important weapon at quarterback in Justin Herbert that's always been analyzed. It's the offensive line. I looked at Pro Football Focus. They just recently came out with their start of season rankings, and it's a, a top 10 team now on the offensive line in their view. Yeah. What do you make of the move, though, from left tackle to left guard for Jamari Sawyer, who replaced the injured Rashawn Slater last year, did a really good job as a rookie. Now he's at left guard. How do you expect that transition to go here in 23? I think it should go smoothly. I mean, he played a lot of different positions uh, at Georgia, so he's a guy that's versatile. He can move around. This is probably the best offensive line that the Chargers have had since those early Phillip Rivers era where they had Nick Hardwick and uh, Marcus McNeil back in when they made those big runs in 2006 to 2009. So this offensive line should be much improved. Uh, Jamari Sawyer sh should be good uh, at guard. And then obviously you have Corey Lindsley, who's the centerpiece of everything at the center position. And then Trey Pipkins got re-signed. And then you have, Jam uh, you have uh, Rashawn Slater, who's one of the best left tackles in the league. So... I definitely think their offensive line should be much improved. And you want Justin Herbert to be able to sit back there and, and make moves and, and be able to throw the football uh, without having to get the guys rushing at him like they did for the past two or three seasons. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. If, if a, especially if a Slater can stay healthy, mm -hmm. that is a very, very good elite-level offensive line. As Fernando Ramirez joins us again here on the Lombardi line, if you don't do so already, give him a follow at RealFRamirez on Twitter. And I see you already started the threads as well. So I'm, I'm not there yet, <laughs> Fernando. But look at you. You're out, you're out in front of the boat. Thank you for the insight on the Chargers. Looking forward to what should be a very fun season in the AFC West. Thank you, and uh, thank you guys again for having me. And if you guys need any recommendations for burrito and taco shops in San Diego, you guys let me know. Uh, I'm you you know it. I will Absolutely. be that. That will be the first person I look. Yeah. To. Now my sp I taco stand in Encinitas. That's my spot. Okay. But, uh, I, oh, I, you but you know you can never have a, yeah. a, a dearth, uh, no, unlimited absolutely. dearth of taco sure. joints in San Diego. And he threw it out there too, so you got to take him up on. Of course, it. Got yeah. to. I don't worry. I will. Lombardi line here on Veasan. We'll talk some top two divisional odds when we return. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We welcome you back. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. And a big thanks to the Sports Betting Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo, for his insights over at the South Point Sportsbook. I'm really excited for this, Pritch. Okay, good. Because when you and I have been together, we have done... Oh, one of my favorite original uh, Pritch segments was Fix It uh -huh. during the NFL season. Fix it! It's a problem that's got to be fixed. Uh, we also do Pritch's Playbook, which is always a long staple here at VEASAN. And I like how we've got, uh, we got more of the alliteration variety mm -hmm. here. Off-season edition. Uh, so it's not Pritch's Playbook, so to speak, but Pritch's Pecking Order. Let's go. You see, you're, you're doing your top 20 wide receivers so far. I am. We started this last week. Devontae Smith cracked the top 20. Jalen Waddle at number 19. Brandon Ayuk at 18, T. Higgins 17, Tyler Lockett at 16. So we are doing our countdown 
15 through 11 today, and I'm really excited for this, Pritch, and, and uh, we'll see if I have any pushback on this. But okay. your, your list, you know, you supersede my, my thoughts on this. So who made the list at number 15 for you this You know, year? this list is getting tougher and tougher, though, because the top 10, which I did already, I'm like, You're my like, goodness. Whoa. Okay. Right? The top five kind of yeah. define themselves. So, yeah, everybody knows who the top five is going to be, but they might be surprised of the order of that. But uh, I was tasked with 15 through 11. Uh, you know, starting out 20 through 16, they were strong number twos, you know, the compliment receiver. Uh, and that was a thought process uh, with, with that grouping right there. Uh, this next grouping, they're becoming number ones, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. this group of wide receivers are becoming reliable number one options. And uh, that was what I used to kind of define this order. So uh, let's start with number 15. Uh, and it is Garrett Wilson. I mean, this guy... Man, he just won the lottery. He, he's gonna, he had a hell of a rookie season, and now he's going to be playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, that, that's the wide receiver's dream right there. And, and he's, his work ethic, too, uh, I think his pedigree from where he was in college and, and certainly where he started his career, uh, leap, you take a leap in year one to year two as a wide mm -hmm, receiver. Yeah. Uh, no longer you, you're kind of concentrating on the draft and, okay, your agents and all this stuff. That's out the window. Now you, you're trying to get in the best shape possible. Uh, and you're working to, on your craft all year long, uh, and you're working to evolve and get better uh, and, and certainly last the entire season. I mean, Garrett Wilson only started 12 games <laughs> last year. Uh, and now, you know, from a first down production, from a yards per target production, uh, he's just a playmaking machine, I believe. And so uh, he's that guy, uh, when you're looking at defining this group of players, uh, the comp becoming that number one reliable target. I mean, he just stood out to me at 15. Absolutely. The only question I have for him this year, it's we've seen Aaron Rodgers in the past as a quarterback take some time to trust young receivers mm -hmm. he has not worked with in the past. Right. But this is different. It's not like he's a rookie coming in. He's he's a proven commodity, but we have seen the Jets add Alan Lazard and mm -hmm. Randall Cobb. So that that's where I wonder if you like I wouldn't bet him on the receiving yardage this year at eleven hundred fifty and a half, because I do believe Rodgers will spread it around much more this what? year. What? Really? I wouldn't. Really? The guy had, what did he have? He had 1,100 yards last year, right? Yeah, that's really good. Now you have to, in 12, you, it started 12 games. Yeah, but now you need, you need him, A, to stay healthy a full season. You need Rodgers to trust him from day one. He, which, why do you think Rodgers is there working with the team now? Because of this guy. Why do you think they brought in Randall Cobb? I'm just saying. Well, I mean, he wants he wants his guys in there. Yeah. If, if Randall the Cobb's got maybe two or three games well, left. I, in I, mean, I know. And Lazard. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. I just got to. Yeah. You know, I don't disagree that he should. Yeah. Be a, he's a top 15 receiver in no. the league right now. If you're a number one, uh, you're going to go over 1,100 yeah, yards for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this next receiver you have. There were times in the past where I'm sure he would have been. I mean, he'd have been firmly in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Why 14 well, at this point now? Because, you know, when you think of him and the team he's with, okay, well, maybe you can make a case that he could be uh, there, right? Um, but, you know, DK Metcalf, he needs to be more. He mm -hmm. needs to be more. He is the number one uh, on that team. He is. But he needs to be more in terms of um, production. Like, you know, Lockett, to me, pr produces more. That's why Lockett's on the list, because he's a strong number two. Uh, and he's right there with DK, right? Uh, DK, for his size and his speed and what he is, how is he not just dominating that position? Like, he's had spurts. He's had moments against Jalen Ramsey. and But can he be that, you know, Michael Irvin type? I mean, you can't have 950 yards. You can't. As a number one receiver, you can't, right? Uh, 
not and to be the specimen that he is too. I mean, you, right. you can't you can't do that. Six touchdowns. Uh, he's got to increase his production in first downs too. Uh, the thing about the wide receiver position, it's a big play position. You're averaging, you should be averaging 15 yards per reception. It's a big play every time the ball comes your way. Uh, and and I think DK needs to project that. And I don't know if Pete Carroll is going to allow him to do that, but if he can become that player, uh, he deserves to be 14 on this list because uh, of the talent and then the upside that's still there for DK. You think now you add in a, a dynamic Rookie wide receiver coming in, Jackson Smith oh. in the jig, but that you would think, right, mm-hmm. with what Seattle has, there's a message I would think Redcap right. wants to send to, to the rest of the, the division and the league by proxy. Okay, number 13, another guy who, again, pedigree is there. Yeah. Tools are all there. Right. I, I, you, could probably, you could probably lump this player in as well with the Metcalf as yeah. far as some of the, the lackluster performances we've seen and I mean, some of the dropsies that he had in 2022. Maybe a little controversial here with Mark Cooper, but Mark Cooper, man, I, I tell you, he reminds me so much of Henry Ellard. Uh, it's sickening, uh, really, uh, how good this guy could be. Uh, and and Henry, Henry Ellard was you know, a consummate professional, an incredible, incredible route runner, and that's Amari Cooper. Uh, but you're right. I mean, in the playoffs, where is Amari? <laughs> That's, or, or big games, where is Amari, right? But he's the number one guy. We know that. Uh, I, I look at his production, too. You know, even right now, uh, if he is lazy, he's averaging almost 15 yards of reception, nine touchdowns and stuff like that. And uh, now with Deshaun Watson being better, hopefully, uh, an entire offseason, I, I mean, the motivation. And that's that's the frustrating part about this list is because – I'm I'm ranking these wide receivers, but are they always motivated, right? And he's not a top 10 guy, but certainly deserving uh, of being in a top 15, though. Guy who had the second most drops in the league last year. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come off And he still had – oh, he still had 1,160 yards a season to go. So I look at him. You now have a full year yep. with, with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, yeah. a year of offseason development at least to to form that bond. Oh. He is at 9.50.5. Like, it's awfully tempting to bet that I over. know. Nine touchdowns and sixty over sixty first downs too, yeah. uh, and he had all the drops that he had. But I'm, st- I'm just not sure. Yeah, the, the trust yeah. factor that is the durability going mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah, it's a prove it to me. Yeah, Amari Cooper. It, it really uh, is. It, it really is. Now, then the next guy. Uh, now he is the number one on the team. That's kind of credible, but uh, he, you don't think of him as the number one, right? But at the same time, I love this player's upside. Who you're about to say? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, the guy is a machine, uh, and, and you'd be surprised. Uh, when you watch him on tape, uh, what he's able to do in space, too, and uh, his air yards, or not air yards, but his targets per reception is elevated. Uh, and you wouldn't think of that from a possession type of receiver, but I don't think he is that uh, type of receiver. I mean, he's certainly reliable with his catch rate uh, well above 70%, almost 73%, which is incredible. Um, and then, you know, touchdowns, too. I mean, he's elevated with touchdowns, elevated with first downs, but I, I think he's a number one. I, his receiving yards... With help, you know, with Jamison Williams and all this stuff and all this speed, I think he can go over a thousand yards, right? Oh, uh, no question. to get that uh, because he's gonna get targeted. I mean, he had over over almost 150 targets last year, uh, so they're gonna build on that. He's a number one player, uh, but he's gonna be surrounded. Uh, with people that could distract and, and help him uh, have some more space in the middle of the field. I saw one book that posted his number. It was 949 and a half. That's mm-hmm. been bet up. It's basically right at 1,000 now, 999 okay. and a half. Uh, he was 12th last year in overall percentage of teams' targets. Right. There were only 14 wide receivers, by the way, last year who had over a quarter of their team's targets. Amon St. Brown was one of them. So was Amari Cooper. So mm-hmm. was Garrett Wilson, three, yeah. three of the guys we've talked about today. And that leads us to our, our final on the countdown uh, for 
this week's edition of Pritch's Pecking Order. Number 11 is... Did this one surprise you? Christian Kirk. I actually was a little bit surprised Were to see you? him yeah. this high up. He got the money, though, right? I mean, Jacksonville saw something. Uh, and he did not disappoint when you look at, you know, 1,100 yards and uh, the targets that he had, certainly the eight touchdowns that he had, too. And uh, I look at first downs kind of like uh, big plays. You know, you're moving the chains, you're helping your team. And uh, this guy uh, with this quarterback uh, was sneaky good. He's only 26. Now, he's a number one player, right? Number one receiver. Um, and I think as Trevor Lawrence evolves and becomes that, transcendent type of player that's just going to elevate the production uh, for christian kirk look at his yards i mean 825 and a half where is that at why is that there uh, i mean i don't see regression at all uh, i see tremendous over 1100 last year yeah, yeah i know and he's a number one receiver and again if you think of a player like this as a number one receiver coaches think of getting him the ball uh averaging almost what uh, five catches a game six catches a game or certainly you look at the targets too uh it's sure. off the chain uh, well, for the it, it leads into an interesting point though because there's a lot you, know, you could sometimes see teams that make postseason go right. worse to first will there be that natural regression jacksonville is a team that we should talk about next because there are some interesting playoff teams that maybe we view them falling out do the jaguars fall into that you clearly believe christian kirk he, he is the guy to back this year as we continue on the lombardi line This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. It's always football season here at VSIN, which is why we've already released our NFL betting guide. Our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends. Plus, best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your digital copy of the VSIN NFL betting guide. Or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Here at the Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas, a lot of, a lot of people even behind the glass, Pritch, going, 
little chirping I know. At, the, at the top 15 list. <laughs> like, you've played for a decade, Pritchard. Right? You, you've got the final say on this stuff. You, you watch more well, film you, you than know, anybody on these yeah, guys. So you know, I, I trust your judgment. What's okay, interesting, um, and I, I figured Christian Kirk would be controversial right? Uh, in terms of some other names out there. Right. Uh, but the top 10 is crowded. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, I, I kind of defined some of those players in that grouping that needs to do more. And if they did more, they would be higher up on the list. That's a very fair way to put it. Right. Yeah. I thought so. Pritch's pecking order. You don't just, you know, you don't just get on that easily. I'm not anointing anybody. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We can't, we, we, no, that, that's what anointing is what is what they're doing across the pond right now at Wimbledon. That's what the All England Club is for, for, for anointing, knighting the people uh, over mm-hmm. there. Uh, and you talk about Christian Kirk, guy on the Jaguars who have gone from worst to first a season ago. Now they are just that, that expectation team in what is viewed to be a weak division, the AFC South. $1.65 favorites to win the division. Mm. I bring that up because we're talking about which playoff teams do we see regressing this season. Mm-hmm. NFC is kind of the easy one to look at because I don't know anybody that isn't saying, oh, Vikings, Giants, Buccaneers are taking big steps back. But AFC is a very interesting league to talk about here, Pritch, because Jaguars had a, had a tremendous turnaround year one under head coach Doug Peterson. Do we believe now that they have gone from, in basically 365 days, a three-win team to a team that went to the divisional round, won a playoff game, won their division. Are they? Should they just be an odds-on favorite at this point? Are we really ready to trust minus 165, laying that type of wood in an NFL that is so up and down year to year? Yeah, well, it's up and down, uh, and I get that, but there's very few surprises, right? I mean, the constants, there's more constants in the league than, than surprises. And um, once teams figure it out, or teams that know how to figure it out, you know, those are the reliable options, right? Um, I think Jacksonville, also keep this in mind. NFL is a young man's game because of growth and because of uh, getting better. Look at Kansas City. A young defense got better during the course of the year. They got better and started playing at an elite level. They won a Super Bowl. Jacksonville got better as they got more confident. And you got a group of young players that that grow and grow with confidence. Cincinnati, they're, they're, they're a constant because... They're growing together and getting better together, uh, you know, when they came into the league together and playing together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those older teams that we want and we're most familiar with in terms of their names, you know, those teams, they don't have room for improvement, you know? And, and so they're trying to add, they're trying to do something different to improve. Uh, that's why from Jacksonville standpoint, I don't think there's going to be a regression there. Um, now, I think, and I've been vocal about this, the Bills, uh, look like a team because they are veteran laden. Uh, look like a team. They fit the profile of of regress regressing here, but it's also other teams getting better. Like the Jets are going to be better, you know. Perhaps New England. With who knows if if they'll be better. Maybe they got a chance to now uh, with a coordinator <laughs> offensively, uh, and then Miami. You know, depending on with Dalvin Cook. And we talked to Vinny about this, and so. Um, Teams around Buffalo or in, in, in that conference, they're getting better. They're catching up to Buffalo, whereas Buffalo, uh, to me, is running in place right now. That's, that's interesting to look at it because you have you know, the Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. pseudo-controversy pseudo going on. I heard Josh Allen the other day coming on the uh, it was the Busting with the Boys podcast and basically say, well, you, the media, you guys are making it a big deal. It's nothing. <laughs> when his own head coach, Sean McDermott, literally said, this right. is what's happening. There's a, there's a, there's a you know, disconnect going on in the locker room. When you look at that, knowing that, I mean, again, we talked about this from the from the DeAndre Hopkins perspective, mm-hmm. what it's like being a wide receiver when you're toward the end of your you know, end of your career coming off injury. But what what's it like in that sense when it's when it's Diggs, he's unhappy, he wants the ball more. That offense is centered around an elite quarterback yeah. in Josh Allen, and it just kind of feels like two sides butting heads. 
Yeah, no, I know. I think uh, one, they need a stronger locker room. They, they you know, Dable, there was no defining anything, right? Dable, you didn't hear Diggs talking about, I need to be more involved in offense. <laughs> no, because that was a stronger presence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Dorsey, you know, we saw the blow up on, on tape, and, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going more towards Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen was the leading rusher, perhaps pretty much the leading rusher on the team. They don't have a physical presence. And uh, I think that carries over into the locker room in terms of uh, the lack of physicality, the lack, the lack of killer instinct. Uh, Teddy Bruce talked about this all the time uh, with Buffalo. Uh, and, and I think that's true. You know, Leslie Frazier has taken uh, a leave of absence. They don't have a defense coordinator. Now McDermott's got to call the defense. So as a head coach, he was distracted. Now he's going to set the defense, right? right? Uh, and that's an older defense. There's a number of guys on that team that are on contract situations too. I, I don't know if you did a deep dive with that yet, uh, but the Buffalo Bills in their roster, this is like, this is it. Because they're going to look completely different next year. And so from a, from a historical standpoint, how does that play out when so many guys are, are going to be somewhere else next year? It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I look at the I look at the the noise we've seen this summer. You always talk about the smoke screens when we talk about NFL draft betting. I'm somebody mm-hmm. who loves to go against the grain and look at all these these rumors and reports. And I, I look at it as okay, it's late June, early July. We have nothing else to do, so we're gonna make <laughs> a bigger deal out of stuff that it actually is. I I am very tempted to go against the grain here and say, you know what? Yeah, sure, Stephon Diggs behind closed doors, he's probably asking for he wants more targets, he wants to be a superstar. But he also has the game to back it up. And you, you brought him there for a reason to be a tandem as an elite wide receiver grouped with an elite quarterback in a Josh Allen. I don't know how that manifests in the postseason when you're Buffalo, if you have a home playoff game. We saw it last year against Cincinnati. You can't be just a wing it way down the field team. You need to adapt. But in the regular season, could this, could this be a grouping that has a ton of success once again, puts up points and bunches? I say yes. Mm. And at 22 to 1, a Stephon Diggs offensive player of the year bet. It's not a crazy number to ask when, well, when you think about the type of talent he has. They're more of the same. Uh, Dalton Kincaid's going to have, what, 60, 70, 80 targets? It's fair. I mean, yeah, it's fair guess. <laughs> uh, so production, Gabe, Gabe Davis is going into a contract situation. He's going to be chirping. If Stefan's chirping, right, and now you're a contract guy like Davis, and you want your numbers to go up, you want the, you want the rock too, right, in the regular season, uh, then you're going to be chirping. So Stefan Diggs has opened the door for other people to go through and chirp too. That is going to be a problem. Especially when, like, I, you, you and I were on the air, we talked about <laughs> loving Josh Allen's rushing yardage prop in a playoff yeah. game last year and right. how the <laughs> blueprint was right in front of him. It's yeah. you have this amazing dual threat quarterback to run the ball off your Buffalo and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. They didn't use it at all. They tried to acquiesce to the demands of their receivers. So I wonder if Buffalo... Like, are they going to go down the similar path? Or we, we act very, very impressed with them. They look like a really high-flying offense. And yeah. then as the weather starts to turn, do they have that plan to adjust? That's why I wouldn't bet them futures-wise, but I still look at the roster, the numbers from last year, who they have, the personnel, and say, like, this is still a group that I don't expect to just completely fall off the map. I still expect them to be in the, in the mix, be in the postseason. Well, I, I think everybody else being better, they're more of the same to me, uh, McDermott. Yeah, uh, and, and so for Stefan Diggs, what his problem was is that they didn't uh, highlight him in the playoffs, right? In the regular season, he's going to get his. But in the playoffs, he, no touchdowns, zero touchdowns, stuff like that. But they drafted a pass-catching tight end. They already had a pass-catching tight end. There's no physical presence uh, extending outside a tackle for anybody uh, in, in a running back uh, situation. 
Uh, they don't want Josh Allen to run the ball anymore. So they're taking away one of his uh, attributes and something that's helped this team win games during the course of the regular season. And, and then they're older defensively uh, and they're on one-year contract situations with a lot of those guys. And so uh, it just doesn't profile uh, as a team that's all in for a Super Bowl right now. Uh, but then also how much different uh, they're going to look after this yeah. year. I think Leslie Frazier got out one year too soon before it's one year too late. I, no, I, that you better do that. You're, you're better off doing that than the other. <laughs> right. Option. So right. you're, I like that you're calling your shot though. Down on Buffalo. Who do you like then in the AFC East? This um, I like, I like the Jets. I mean, it, the, the, the track record of Hall of Fame and waiting quarterbacks is remarkable. Um, Warren Moon, uh, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. <laughs> you know, all these guys had something to prove once they moved on. Even Brett Favre, right? Uh, they all went on. Uh, whatever situation they left, they all went on and, and had playoff success. Phillip Rivers, like I think he's a Hall of Famer someday, right? Uh, Kurt Warner. Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers can do that and have that effect with the Jets this season. What about Matt Ryan? Uh, last year, uh, Colts. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, well, well, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. I ain't a Hall of Famer. Is I'm he? Just, no. Okay. Yeah, Hall of Fame and waiting. Like these, I mean, these Matt guys, Stafford is now that he's won a, a title, but yeah, Matt Ryan yeah. was in that where – Probably where Ryan or where Stafford was. Yeah. No, Hall of so. Hall of no, well, no, no, yeah. no, 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 Hall no, of no, Fame. You know, Hall of Fame and waiting when you change teams later in your career and you have something that you're chasing, something else that's motivating you, uh, it looks spectacular a lot. Too. Okay. We should expand on that because I don't okay. I don't know that I'm drinking the Jets. No? Okay. What's wrong with the Jets? Well, our producer Brian Ortega loves the yeah. Jets. What do you think's wrong with? I'll I'll dive into that in okay. our last segment. Because Aaron Rodgers played it like he had he had uh -oh. At least one thing that had to be there on the roster for him to have success. And I, there are two things. It's offensive line, it's receivers, and I don't think either are really there this year. Tilted Packer fan. I, that's not it at all. <laughs> we'll expand when we wrap up the show next the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.